You're listening to another episode of the Get The Shot podcast. Don't forget you can follow us on social media, on Instagram at Get The Shot podcast and on Twitter at GTS underscore podcast. Now, without further ado, on with the episode. Welcome to episode 22 of Get The Shot podcast with your host, John Willis at JRE Willis. Billy at UK. And Josh Deakin at Mr. Josh Deakin. So episode 22, we're looking at the pros and cons of photography. So Billy, what's your beef? <laughs> so like, this is my episode idea because I was having a rant, wasn't I? So yep. um, we're going to go through like the positives and negatives. I'll start with the negatives so that you all don't think I'm a really negative person when I finish on a positive. Exactly. Um, reverse psychology going on right there um but it's just a few like points about what i love and hate about photography because you there are like things that i really hate about it and other things that i really love about it so and obviously they both kind of entangle into each other and make it a passion i suppose you can't love everything i don't love anything that much so hmm. let's move on fast and swiftly um so we'll go on my negatives so my first one and the, one of the reasons, one of the reasons that I wanted to point this whole conversation out um, is not getting recognition for your work. Um, this happens to me often, like often, like not too often, but like recently. Semi-often. A lot. Yeah, so like um, this is like when you have some work that you've done and you don't get tagged for it and you are the sole proprietor of taking the photo without my almost a grand equipment and my time and energy and going to university and putting loads of hard fucking work into it and then I don't get tagged on Instagram and it real bugs me I have probably had it once or twice where it's been a mag not like a magazine magazine but like an online article has used photos and I've been like where's the credit so when, when the when these things have happened, is it generally is it stuff you've been paid for, or is it stuff that you've done just as a mutual exchange? So like with paid stuff, I'm never too, I'm never too fussy because usually there's a contract that we both organise between us. There is a company I work with, and I've only just got the photographs, which I've just posted on my Instagram. Um, and so it's been about a year since I took those photos, and because I signed over copyright. Um, I wasn't entitled to them until they were ready for me to. So those types of images, I'm fine with that. I do get tagged, but that's just because they want to. I don't have to get tagged in those photos. Mm -hmm. It was it was commissioned work. Um, but then if you do trade for print, it's quite frustrating when you put a lot of time and effort in for something that you're not getting paid for, for then that person to just not tag you in everything or those people or that brand you know um you do you do get some nice people i literally just before this had someone that's doing an article and they emailed me to get the larger photos and asked if i could have permission so that was nice that doesn't always happen um, that's exactly what you want you want that sort of credibility i suppose i suppose it depends doesn't it on how um how the like yeah, how you say the shoot has been set up ultimately if you're uh, working for a, a client when you've agreed a contract and that contract is designed to allow you to i don't know they have unlimited use on social media and in print 
then obviously mm. you're not getting the rights to those images effectively. You're, although ultimately you still own the images, you're giving them license to do mm. that. Um, so obviously it's just the fact that you're thinking about um, where you're doing things like, you know, time for print or, you know, an exchange of, of, uh, of ideas. So you get some brand work that you can promote with and they get um, a set of images, but it should, it should only be right. Shouldn't it? That the recognition is there, especially if the work is done, you know, for free. It's not like they've paid you to do the work and like you haven't mentioned yeah. your Instagram, like you've, you've both got it for mutual gains and it's, it's um the case of the matter that like the they've just completely missed the mark on what what is a TFP print uh, TFP shoot at least anyway. Yeah, like the makeup the the makeup the jewelry brand I work for that was paid. We were under when I signed the contract. I was very aware these weren't my images once I'd gave them over, um and so it was just nice of them that they've let me use them. But then I'm only entitled to the photos that they've already posted. They do have a smaller brand, which is the UK brand, and they have their internationals. So they could use them on them. They could not tag me on them. It's not my it's not my issue. Like they're not my photos, which is sad sometimes. You just pay really to do to the, the they just pay to do the photography part, yeah. I just got paid to do the editing and the foot and actually take them. So and yeah. the models have the same problem. The models aren't entitled to the photos either. Yeah. It's a, it's more of a commercial level thing then rather than a rather than a social media sort of level thing. Even if they do end up commercially posting them like like I guess an example would be like, you know, Boohoo or um, you know, feminine um looks or whatever they call. Like some of them, they'll sometimes tag the model and sometimes they won't tag the model that's been in the photos. And I'm guessing that's just come down to whether they've you know they've got an agreement with them that they aren't going to be featured yeah. and i think some people would probably want to know who those influencers are anyway but that's a whole other conversation but i get where you're coming from like it's that you find the influencer but a lot of the time people will not put the energy in to go find the photographer like i've mm. seen so many like photos where i've been oh my god i love that and i just can't find the photographer anywhere it's usually usually pinterest and i try to reverse search the photo but mm. it just doesn't work because if they're not entitled to their own photos you're not going to find the photographer yeah it's like was it like was it like tin search or something like that's called we can just drop it into google can't you if you want oh yeah google mm, i've had mixed results with that i'll be honest so yeah so it is interesting um obviously the the aspect of not getting the recognition that you you obviously want um but i suppose ultimately there there is that element of uh, you know, I mean, a lot of people probably have like their images stolen as well, like you know, yeah. like um, and then they're reposted and say that they've done them. And in reality, they might not necessarily uh, even own those images. Um, and I suppose it's one of those things, isn't it, where, like you say, sometimes you don't know who the photographers are. So if it's for a, a shoot and um, I don't know, let's say it's um, a catalogue of some sort, most people aren't there to look for the photographer. They're there to look at the clothing. Yeah. Ultimately. To be fair, a good example might be that like you, you see the forward-facing influencers of Gymshark do all their photos and video stuff on their Instagrams, but then when you go to the website to buy a product from them, you might not necessarily see the same model on that on there at all because they have a different set of people. Which I'm guessing I know from from experience, like they're just you know paid to do the job. They're not there to promote the products like 
the yeah. mod influencer would. So they have that defined difference. They'll have a big day, won't they, where they'll have loads and loads of outfits. They'll have a studio set up with a white seamless background. They'll go in, they'll just like bang, 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 image after image after image of everything that they want. And they get like little suave moving videos like ASOS do. I mean, those those kind of give you a bit of an illustration of what the Chloe looks like, but they also make people look like a twat a bit sometimes. But <laughs> what can you do? <laughs> no one cares at this point. It's just funny. <laughs> right then, what's your next uh, negative then, Billy? Yeah, my next one um, is when a photo shoot doesn't go well. Um, it's mostly like the idea behind that is, do you know, you have a specific idea. So I have a, like, I don't usually go into depth. Like I don't usually plan every single detail, but I have a location, I have a model, I have clothes, I have a specific idea and it all just goes pure to part. Like, I don't know how, like sometimes the web doesn't work. Do you know, sometimes the photo you want to take just isn't, the photo you take like it, i have an yeah. image in head, but it doesn't work every time sometimes the accidental images are actually better, better. like mm. the ones that are like ad hoc where you don't plan the image but you're going oh that works really well mm. um so yeah and it can be i suppose like you're saying you know photo shoots don't always go to plan could be the weather could be the lighting could just be absolutely crap if you're outdoors and it's not controllable and it's just difficult and that, that in is itself well, I don't mind. Is overcast is soft. That's the thing. So at least overcast, you've got soft lighting, but like harsh midday sun right overhead, really it's hard. It's what I suffer with a lot. So like, and it's part of the reason why I guess like, it's obviously because I'm still learning, but like I, I'll whack up the ISO, I'll whack up the aperture or whatever, like to try and get as much as I can out of it, which sometimes might end up ruining the photo, which is... I think that the answer is, is, is you have to just walk and find shade. You have to. Yeah, It's not easy. Uh, and like, the syn- I think the word I was uh, I was thinking of really, Billy, is probably synergy. The synergy weren't there. Like all the things didn't piece together like a pick jigsaw puzzle. Yeah, and it does happen. Like or sometimes like, I have a specific idea for like how a model looks, and I'll be like, okay, I want to do this, um, and then we'll get there, and they wouldn't have brought the outfits that I kind of was looking for, or they or they wouldn't want to stay outside they don't want to go to locations i want to go to it does happen it it can be annoying um it's not so much like a negative negative because you can get really great photos out of it um but it is annoying like you know i have a specific idea and it just doesn't go i think it's the ocd in me but that just annoys me um so yeah the next thing is (laughs) the um the boring admin work so like marketing or instagram refreshing your website that can be quite frustrating i think instagram sadly and especially during this lockdown has become a chore rather than something i actually enjoyed to do um i do free photos in a line and i want to come off that but i know everyone's gonna go well you've only just went back onto it i won't worry about it at the moment i'm just kind of like i don't care like i just don't care i just want to post what i want to post you, you you don't if you want to feel like you're not wet, posting the same stuff every five seconds, which mm. I get because like I I I always feel a bit bad about it. Like I'll go and post something from my shoot, and then I feel like I can't post that for a few days. Like it feels like someone is like going to say, "Why are you shooting the same stuff? Why are you putting the same stuff up?" I'm like, "Well, it's because I want to put it out." But like that that little sort of almost sort of like in my ear kind of expression, I guess, like is I don't want to do I've- it. I've kind of gone down the route now where I just post whatever I want to post. So I post an image. So a few weeks ago, I um, I posted an image uh, by that I took of uh, Ellie Dale. Hmm. And um, I hadn't posted a photo of her for a year. But then yeah. Libby, for example, I posted um, three 
photos within about a month of her. And it just depends what I fancy, like if I fancy some black and white or some color or whatever it might be. So I think sometimes, you know, it's and I dynamic. Know, yeah. And I know sometimes like, I mean, Instagram anyway, and, and social media in general, I think during the lockdown, actually, ironically, has actually been less engaged. I think people have come away from social media mm. um, because they don't want to. It's so. nice though, but we've been, I've been seeing a lot more people going live and talking about who they are and what they are. So I, I in essence, I think that the, the fact that like Instagram has sort of like gone down in social for a second, it makes sense. Don't get me wrong. But I think the, the thing is that maybe people are coming away from it, trying to be a bit more focused on their work and then coming back at the right moment to interact. And the thing that I find quite um, quite awesome, as I say, is the life life things that people are doing. Like I, just seeing, even if it's someone that you don't necessarily watch all the time or interact with, just seeing someone do a live stream with like a model uh, where they're both same in live and time. I think that's really good. Like you get to learn to know the person, or if you do a virtual shoot with somebody, that's fun. I enjoy doing that. That's good fun. And like you don't even take photos really. You just you get to know the person. So when I meet the person later on, I ain't going to be scared meeting them like or like nervous. You know, everyone gets a bit nervous on first shoot. It's first shoot nerves, right? Kind of thing, isn't it, with someone? Yeah, well, it's just like, especially if you're trying to grow a business, like my current complex is like with the Instagram and <laughs> posting all the time, sorry, um, with the Instagram posting all the time, it's kind of like, I want to post stuff that I want to do. So like at the moment, I'm kind of like, I want people while they've got time to look on Instagram, to look at me and my work and be like, oh, okay, so she does, she likes doing travel photography. She likes doing jewelry. She likes doing beauty work. I don't want to post my location stuff because I don't want to do that as a career. I don't want to do that as a as a freelancer. Um, so the annoyance is some people will message me and be like, oh, I didn't like that. And a lot of the posts I've posted lately, people don't like because it's not creative and it's not buzzy. And my BFH UK, unfortunately, is a photography hub. I have photographers. I have more photographers following me on that than I do business and so I've been sitting here making a business plan and figuring out what I'm going to do because Instagram used to make me money and now it doesn't so my current complex is I have too many photographers BFH UK now is it's a face it's a it's a someone that knows me do you know what I mean you're trying to add a lot more of a touch to it because at the moment you've got all the time to do this like how many how many opportunities do you get to be able to sit in your house and it's actually fine for you to do you know what I mean? Like, you've always got something that's nagging you. Like, John might need to finish and work for, for school, for his school he works at. I might need to do something for my education. You know, you might have a thing knocking on your door next day. But at the moment, unless you're working, um, you know, or doing stuff like that, it's putting that time into creative avenues. And for yourself, obviously, it's trying to work out a route for future purposes. But it's like, delete BFH UK or just stop it from being business. I'm going to have to make that my... Yeah, I think... I think what you'll do is you'll have that'll be your your sort of your community page, and then you'll have to create a uh, a business page. Just go for like, Billy Harrison or something like that. Simple. Yeah, Billy well, Harrison see, photography or. Third time, I've got so many bloody business cards, kids. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about just going to be at Billy Francis because I, I I mean Harrison's all right, but oh, I think it's still just too drawn into BFH UK. BFH UK is now known 
as it's not an influence. I'm not an influencer in any way, but it's known as people want to know what I'm up to on that as a photographer. Photographers want to know what I'm doing as a photographer. I've had a ridiculous amount of people message me for advice during lockdown mm. and students from college and stuff. And I'm just like, that's not what it's there for. BFHUK mm. was supposed to be for me to get brand work. And it was that last year before I started going to networking events everyone started following BFH UK and now it's dead and you, I'm like what oh. you could technically do you could you could do what I did and and it was quite a I felt quite a ballsy move at the time um and it I mean it's not in the same relation to you like for your purpose but I did it as a pure sort of like I need to press the reset button is that I take I took my Mr Josh Deacon account which was the the large 1000 followers one and I went right that's getting changed to something else. And then I started a brand new at Mr. Josh Deakin, which now is, is nearly ready to succeed that account because of the work I've been putting into it. And I mean, you could take the BFH UK name and put that onto a social thing. People would have to follow you again, but then you still be at BFH UK and then you can start Billy Harrison for your business. Yeah, I, th I think the name. problem is, is if you've got a, a large following of people on a social media network that follow you for a particular reason. So for example, mm. a lot, I have a lot of photographers from networking events that follow mm. because we're fellow photographers. They're interested in seeing portrait work because that's where I met them. When I post landscape work, they ain't interested in that. Yeah. So unfortunately what you have to do is you have to split out your businesses and your, and your socials to match a specific audience. It's quite apparent because quite a few people, when I, when my account was, primarily personal when i used to post like family photos and stuff on it um those people that liked that stuff are not liking the stuff that i'm doing now it, yeah, so they're not engaging parents. yeah so it's it's switch that now i used to run two accounts i had a photography one and i had my mm -hmm. personal one and in the end because i wasn't doing it to make money um it was just to split up the work that i was mm -hmm. doing i found it was just too time consuming running two accounts so i ended up you know ended up just basically disabling my my photography account and just put everything into one account and i don't post family stuff to be fair on my on my um on my feed anymore i just post travel and portrait um and a bit of event stuff and things as and when but again i don't rely on it for my income do i so yeah i guess maybe when it's when it's not your income that you feel there's more flexibility i guess so like even yeah. though, even though it was for me as a hobby still it was there was there was still a lot of pressure on me to say oh i don't know if i really want to if i want to make that leap you know like i had so many people message me like you think how many people message you generally and when i changed the usernames it was like hang on where have you gone why have you changed your name why am i following another account i had probably like in the, i was inundated probably with like 20 to 30 messages from people going oh what happened to your username oh i like this i like that and i was like this is for me this is for me this is this is what's making me feel better like it's that sort of expression like you don't know until you jump and for me, I jumped and it, I, I made it the other side, feeling more confident about my account, feeling that like there was a bigger direction. I'm going to be slumbered with Bilbo and stuff, which is my personal. <laughs> HUK supposed to be my professional. And then Billy Francis, which would be a new up and common one. And then I'll end up just being followed by frigging photographers all over again. And I'm just going to be like, oh, it's not a problem. I love having a photography community. That's not what I'm moaning about. I'm moaning that it's affecting my freelance work which i used to have mm. didn't dan mog do that as well i'm sure dan yeah, so he's got dan mog ports them. hasn't he now yeah he separate. He, he made the leap and separated his dan mog photography to the actual name of his professional side now so yeah you could you could ask dan for some some you know some help a bit of guidance if, if that helps you 
I think the thing the thing I would think as well is like you could have like BF Togs or something like that if you wanted to. You could have something that's a bit more unique rather than just Billy Francis. You yeah, could have something yeah. that's got like photography in it or togs or something or visuals or something, you know, something that or creative, something like that that's that allows people to know that it's a creative brand or a business yeah. that does creativity. But I think it is important that they're split out. If you were intended to do it as a business, then obviously you have to make sure that the right people follow the right stuff. And I know in our previous episode with Bartley, he talked mm. about the fact that he has two separate identities yeah. um, and they kind of never inter- interweave. Uh, a yeah. lot of people who follow his Bartley.photo never even know that his uh, Tom Bartley photography event photography even exists. Yeah, you know, so. my, my friend Lydia. She one thing that she has to be careful is that she's she works in medical, so like she doesn't want people to be seeing the wrong thing. So instead of the, 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 the dynamic that she's done, where she doesn't let both pa- both her, uh, her you know page that she does for modeling and stuff get linked into the stuff that she does with her you know just relax account. Yeah. She keeps a relax account. That's the one that maybe people from her work will know. And then the actual one is just for the modeling stuff. And they never cross paths, as you say, with like Bartley's one. You just, you have to sort of put down the wall between what you don't mind showing and what you don't mind people knowing. And like the sort of general, I guess, persona you want to put across. If you want to be a photographer and you want people to follow you that want your services that aren't photographers, that aren't already doing the same thing as you're doing, then you want, as you say, you need a focus account for that. And the way that, Bartley does that is very uh cutthroat but it's what works for him yeah I think you have to think you know like if you let's say for example Billy you did some work for a school for example um as a school if I went to your business account and there was models in lingerie we would not associate with that photographer we would we would not do business with someone that takes photos of things that we would feel uncomfortable our parents seeing yeah, which is why Bartley's probably would probably would be someone that you would select because you wouldn't let those other worlds interconnect. Yeah, yeah, and he and he has done schoolwork. Yeah, he's got a, he's got a professional face and he's got a enjoy happy hobby face. And as you said, he still makes money from Bartley.photo, which I was surprised to hear, to be honest. I'm just gonna have to think about it, but it is something that like it's becoming a chore. I mean, I like being in a photography community but uh, I didn't realize it was even happening and then it happened and then I listened to a podcast the other day and they were explaining this exact thing and I was like no that's what happened to me um but yes moving on swiftly to my last negative um my most recent complex is cropping on Instagram basically Instagram real winding me up lately I'm feeling like just deleting the whole sitch because it's too amazing <laughs> um, I worked damn hard on some little beauty portraits I did and I spent god knows how much time and a ridiculous amount of time on photoshop and I'd cropped it thinking it would fit well I don't even think I was thinking about Instagram I was thinking about a website mm. and I thought oh it'll just fit in it'll be fine it chopped off the eyebrow but I'd specifically oh, no. put in the eyebrow and I was just so upset and I'm now I'm like I don't even know from the post then did it not meet the five seven <laughs> crop then it's five four yeah, then I worked, is it five four five five four five four, oh, yeah. five, four. well I've, I've looked it up like what it is what I have to do I just totally forgot I just I wasn't thinking about Instagram I wasn't thinking about Instagram yeah and then yeah I day messaged me and they were like 
um, some of the photos we got don't fit in our Instagram. Like it's chopping off her foot or her head. And I'm like, well, because they're not made for Instagram. The photos I've taken for you are high quality, mm. cropped, normal. They're made on my normal camera for your website for promotional use. I don't think about Instagram. I'm not giving you a separate folder with Instagram crops. And now I'm about to redo them all for Instagram crops. And I'm just like... Instagram, why is it be like that? And I suppose it's, it is born. It comes down to the point, doesn't it? Where we've talked about this before, where like I shoot often for the crop. I put a lot of space around them, and on a on a, a newer camera, especially. I mean, I don't shoot on like an A7R3 or an R4, but on something like with a 42 megapixel um, photo count, like you could crop in from miles away and still have a very yeah. high quality image. So you'd have that benefit of having. Uh, you know, like the the visibility of uh, mm. the background around your model, uh, ready for the crop. But it is hard. I mean, I will say one thing is, if it's a plain background or whatever that you need to enhance, then I content, yeah, content aware fill as well in in Photoshop is absolutely banging in version in twenty twenty. Yeah, it's time. That's what I did with these, but then I had this one photo where there was a bar that had a cut, like a bit that went down. It was just, I looked at it and I went, that's not going to clone. That's not going to cut anywhere. It's not going to do it. Mm. And I tried it and it looked stupid, it, like I knew it would. And so I said to them, if you're going to use them, you're going to have to crop out. You're going to have to make the decision whether you crop that bit of room above her head or the bit, the gap that goes into between her legs. So you're going to have to crop out a bit because I can't. It's how it's taken. Oh, and so it's 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 issue if they want the roof rafter or a fire gap. That's what you're basically saying. <laughs> they say not to cut, not to not to cut off. They say not limbs. to cut off limbs. Essentially, yeah, it's what we yeah. said before. And I mean, for me, I've had that issue. So like, I've been I've been trying to combat that because I don't use Photoshop on my iPad because that's a separate subscription that you need. So I've now got uh, I picked up Pixelmator because it's it was quite cheap at the moment, and I picked up um, Affinity Photo as well. So I'm Affinity playing around with Affinity Photo. I, it, oh my god! There's there's so much layer to that application on the iPad. It's so un overwhelming. But like I'm I'm seeing through tutorials in my lunch breaks at the last few days while I've been working, and I've just been playing around with some of the templates and stuff. It is really really powerful. Like it's yeah, it's it's not got content aware from what I can tell. I mean I'm trying to work out the different things as I go, but that might be an avenue for me to look into. And I think it's something that's it's really important content aware is it, it helps photographers so much like there's so many things that i've had to crop out of photos in the past like there's some weird things like there was a one photo i posted before where somebody was looking at the camera from like you know the end of a field like like proper sideways looking i don't know what and i, I struggled to get rid of it for a little bit it took me a, a good half an hour to try and content aware them properly I mean, I, I, there's been a few things, obviously, in Photoshop. So when we've talked about crops and stuff before, like there was um, a photo that you took of Lydia where she was in front of a window with the light coming in, wasn't there? And the light above, like above her head. And I sort of said to you, I said, like, it's going to be really difficult to crop that photo for, um, for Instagram because of the shape of the imaging. So in the end, I said to you, didn't I, if you remember, I said, edit it so that you just destroy the uh, the shadows in the background so that they just drop to black so it looks like she stood at a window with complete blackness behind her and it looked really good because the light glows you know so you can get creative around it but the crop sometimes like you say Billy you can't you can't yeah the photo is what it is you can't work with something if it's not actually there like you can't add to the photo very often it, it can be difficult you've got to shoot for the crop or not at all really haven't you like you, you are kind of at a crossroads of left and right it's not, I don't know, because 
when you're given a specific instruction, I've been told that they like three quarter body, they like to cut it above the thigh and then have that room. I like to try and shoot to that most of the time so that I don't accidentally like go on camera and think, okay, I've chopped her feet out, but I've left loads of room. So I'm not gonna use that photo because it doesn't make any sense. When realistically what I'm doing is I'm just getting it ready to crop. So I don't want to confuse myself. And it doesn't matter if I get a full frame camera. None of this is gonna change anything. It's still cropping issue with Instagram, but it annoys me. Well, it's the, it's like, the composition as well, isn't it, within camera? So you've got, if you know, if they want Instagram, um, if they want Instagram, it's, it's having that, that kind of, it's difficult because it depends what the brief is, isn't it, beforehand? Yeah. Anyway, so definitely, definitely yeah. annoying. The crops frustrated you. What about your positives then? What do you like about photography? I'm going to run through these. Well, I'm going to start with my like shortest one. I'm just going to bang them. Um, I love being, I love traveling and being creative. Obviously that's a, a normal, everyone feels that about photography thing, but I really like traveling and after, I'm sitting in lockdown thinking about how I'm going to go on all these little random holidays for like 99 pounds and just get loads of photos and just go do stuff. Just, I love traveling and it gives me this reason to go out there and travel book. Have fun. Yeah. I'm not very, I do. I feel like I'm not very creative, but um, I try, I try with photography. I, I honestly um, think that travel helps me be, be creative, going to places to shoot with people. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. And then I, everywhere I go, I always have to take my camera and I just, you know, I, I do love doing it. Um, uh, the next thing I love is um, I love being good at something. So like, I know that's so random. I have five GCSEs. Uh, I'm not stupid person. I'm, I feel I'm quite smart. Um, I just hated school. It's overrated. And so I never got GCSEs. I have a degree in art and design, which people tend to piss out of daily, daily. Some like, of us have never actually left school, strictly speaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Really like hard because I just, I just hated that, and you know, I mean, I have dyslexia, and I, I've listened to a few podcasts and watch a few YouTubes on that as well lately, and it's been a conversation about like there's different forms of dyslexia, and I don't feel like I have the one that they said I have, and you know, I have no sense of direction, and I'm really good at maths. They don't make sense of direction of dyslexia. They're more of like a a different form of thing but um because of that i've always been bad with left and right i've not i've never been good with left and right i'm 22 now i'm awesome this is left this is right i'm, I'm really good at it now but when i was 18 it was the most embarrassing thing that ever happened to me in my life like i didn't know left and right and um i didn't think i'd ever learn and yeah like loads of loads of things are really really difficult you know um I have no memory at all I don't remember what I did a conversation that I had two weeks ago and, and my boyfriend's like that he remembers absolutely everything um and it can be really sad because like we go on holidays and I, I don't remember our first holiday together I just have no memory um and they might not be related with the dyslexia thing but it's mm. nice to be good at something people tell me and compliment me and, and say oh you're actually quite good and I'm like oh. confidence boosting Nice, yeah, and then, like even at work, like um, people will see my photos and they'll come out crying, and I'm like, oh my Aww. god, I did that, you know, like I did that. It's so nice. It's good so, for the soul. See, it builds you up. I'm just not very good at many things, but it's nice to be good at that, you know, if, if anything. So, right. Even if I totally end up hating photography, which could totally happen, because it's frustrating. Th there's a risk, isn't there? Well, I think there's a risk, isn't there, when you do something that's paid, um, the job, 
can become mm. annoying and boring. As we've said um, previously, yeah. Yeah. So it can happen. I just think that it's one of those things where, you know, sometimes it's trying to separate that stuff. So like you say, you love travel. So it's important to keep traveling and keep taking photos mm. alongside normal work because the normal work is boring largely it as much as it yeah you have it. to find the balance don't indulge in one more than the other if you can help it even if it becomes a career it's still a hobby like i love photography but maybe i don't love that photography and it mm. it does affect me because i'm like it used to be fun it used to be really really fun it's like moving to another place like if you move to london like you, you might have loved london but then the magic's gone like you you're basically a part of a massive big city kind of thing like every- it's hard when it like fades like, I mean, I, I thought thought it would be really good. I, I don't know. I don't know what I thought at 18. To be fair, I've just explained. I had five GCSEs. I was leaving school. I had no idea what I was going to do. I like taking pictures of butterflies. That's where I went. That's where I went. Is that where the B all- came from in BHHUK? Butterflies. To be fair, that's where I will always be with the photography. Even if I make it nowhere or if I make it anywhere, I started just taking pictures of, of butterflies. And if anything, I've gone really, really damn far and I really enjoy what I do. And I'm going to, you know, it is hard because, again, as I said, sitting in lockdown, I'm kind of like, do I like that kind of photography anymore? Or am I just doing it because I do it? you know dipping your water in you're dipping your feet in the water as you go like the lockdown gives you an opportunity to learn your craft enhance your craft I'm gonna change. yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna change it i'm gonna i'm gonna change what i'm doing because i just don't i don't like my instagram i don't i like some of my portfolio and i'm not gonna just keep taking photos to take photos i'm gonna take photos of things i want to do you gotta do it for you. you you gotta do it that makes you happy and makes makes your business go that somewhere you've probably noticed well, like i did a little bit of composite work um where i took a photo you know the one i took of um me punching myself yeah um, that was great so, yeah so that's quite good and I've, I've done others like i've done one of harriet punching herself but i can't post that because like child no, no. will get in contact so <laughs> 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 but yeah so that's quite interesting so what else uh, do you really like then billy um I like, as I said, in the as the thing I was moaning about, I also am really positive about. I love the community of people. I have met some of my friends through this, like, including you two. Oh. Um, I have <laughs> quite a few friends in this. And to be fair, I know I could put a post out going, who wants to go to the pub on my little photography community? And I know someone would. Someone would just come to the pub. Someone I've never yeah. met. I bet. <laughs> or a comedy um, night. Or a comedy oh, night. Yes. And then, like, um, like Thebes, you know, like this uh, illustrator, um, Thebes illustration. She, we just, I'd stalked out for the longest time since I was <laughs> at least eighteen, and I thought her work was mad. I saw Bartley; she, she put some artwork on Bartley's photos, and I literally, I think I just messaged her over something so random five years later, like you know, <laughs> and I messaged her over something, and she was like oh, you know, I really love your work. And I'm like, oh my God, I love your work. I've been following you forever. And then she was like, and then she was like, would you like to collab on something? I was like, yeah. So then we went for coffee and then we went for another coffee. Then I went to a flat and then we did photos. Now we go to <laughs> nights out. And I'm just like, we even headspace during lockdown. Like, not headspace, um, house party. House party, <laughs> two different things. I know, I don't know why I get them so confused. Yeah, um, so the community, the I memory. think, I would never, <laughs> the bad memory. I seriously have no memory. Like, but um, I would never have spoken to her. 
without this. You know what I mean? I never would have met her. I would never would have met any of you. Yeah. It's what it's what I was saying to uh, Natasha Lawler that I um, hopefully we'll get on the podcast in a few weeks' time. Um, I was doing a virtual shoot with her today, as of well the date today, twenty twenty fifth of April, and uh, there might be that by now. But it was great fun. Like she she put some makeup cool stuff together. She's a makeup artist. She got a cool outfit together. Sort of like tomboy, sort of inspired, like sort of like you know overall sort of style. And you know she put the effort in. Just even if we just had a good chat. And we just took a few photos. She'll send me yeah. some, and then I'll integrate them between the ones that I took and make some some cool shit, essentially. Yeah, it's just nice. Like I've made some really good friends through this, and I wouldn't take it back. And just basically met some really nice people. And you know, like some brands that I've worked with, you're doing a job. I'm doing a job for them, and they literally treat me like family. Like some of the people I still talk to, like Interfit. <laughs> Yeah, and then, like, um, this one brand I constantly work with. Uh, I'm to do not a brand business. ambassador yet for Interfit, though, are you? Not quite. If you, if you could just, <laughs> if you could just <laughs> do that, that would be lovely. Yeah, yeah I'll yeah. be coming to you for the discount. I'm proper into it with Interfit. And you know what? To be fair, Interfit is maybe one of the biggest that people that have made me meet people i've met photographers i would never have met it doesn't make any sense that i met these photographers and had conversations with them and we get on and they know who i am like you, know what, you should you should pose that as a slogan for interfit into it with interfit <laughs> <laughs> into it to the, yeah that'd be good yeah, it's nice and i have some I have some brands where I've done a second shoot with them and they'll go, Billy, and they'll just hug me and like, look, and they'll be like, it's been ages, go where you've been. And I'm like, oh my God. But that's, that's important, isn't it? From a photography point of view, from a business point of view, it's that making that relationship with a brand and a business. And then basically when they then turn around and go, we need another photographer and they go, well, we'll use Billy because we always use Billy. Yeah. That's yeah. what so, you need. But they're my positives. Yeah. Build, you build yourself a really good base with people. Like, like even when you're a hobbyist, like I, I, I know loads of people that I could call on to go and have a chat with, or you know, just spot, you know, throw ideas off off of them for things to do, and you build that up, whether you're a business or a hobbyist, and then either one really kind of inter- interchanges itself, as you say. You're good friends with them, but you work with them as well. Like there's a there's a moment where you're good friends, and then you got to get the work done as well at the same time. I can bet that my positives maybe outweigh my negatives negatives are not going to win basically is the end of my conversation yeah on that note we are going to have a quick break for you to listen to our five seconds of silence goodbye this episode is sponsored by paradise co for t-shirts and beanie hats visit paradiseco.uk and use the promo code gts2020 Welcome back to part two of episode 22. And now it's time for Josh. What do you find annoying and anger, anger making? <laughs> yeah, so uh, I kind of gave mine some little titles, which is quite funny. Uh, and it looks like I'm always like angry and throughout all of them. But like, I've really just decided to put the bad points down because the bad points are very few and far between most of the time. And like, I, I think I struggle to talk about bad points over good points. So my good points, I've just got them um, so I can just go off of memory. Um, the first one I've got down here, literally, is just like, you know, when photography annoys you, days and times that photography, um, you know, I say for me personally, I have days where I flat out, flat out have a massive fluster about what I'm doing. I fall out with my love for photography. Um, it could be the gear. It could be the plans for the shoots or just editing or, the, the you know, the post-shoot processes. Even Instagram posting uh, can encompass that pain just outright and, 
I end up like sort of getting into that sort of, you know, everyone gets into sort of a rut pay phase where they're just like, what am I doing with myself? Should I just, you, you get those people who will just like say, right, I'm just actioning everything. I'm shaving my head off kind of thing, you know, like just reset it, pressing the reset button. And um, shave my head off. I'm just going to shave my head off. Well, I, I don't know. I, I use the the idea of shaving your head off as like starting anew. I guess if that makes sense. Like some people like are not very happy with their appearance and they just go right. I'm gonna shave it off, start again. <laughs> so yeah, that best analogy going so far. That one. Okay, go on then. <laughs> um, so my next point I put down is like you know the uh, the side of photography that is pretty grindy, long winded, and needs doing. If you're gonna be doing photography, that you can't you can't cut this out. It has you can't have half of the pie. You need to. You need to be there for it. You need to be there properly for it. Um, so as you know, every hobby or profession, depending on your parameters, um, you could hate doing all of the organizing for your photography storage, uh, making your archives work out properly, backing up your photos, um, checking all of your photos, maybe rating them. Uh, if you're into that, I'm not really into rating photos. It's a bit too monotonous for my liking. And I think I'd probably fall asleep on the laptop. Um, or, you know, or whatever system you decide to use, it can be a real bore of photography. But ultimately, for the more sort of focused person who's doing this to make a living, say, for example, Billy here, um, it, it makes you money ultimately, and you need to endure that grind for the payoff. Um, but for me, obviously, as a hobby, it makes it much harder for me to lock horns with that work. And uh, I end up procrastinating as much as I love it. And there's the grind, it, the grind, and uh, the long-winded bits that just come with it. It's part and parcel, essentially. I am, uh, I am somebody that does rate in Lightroom. So okay. what I do is I, I go in, and I will get a shoot that I take in, and maybe let's say there's 200 photos. I don't know. And then what I'll do is I'll flat out just highlight ones with either a one, a three, or a five. Mm. And what <laughs> I then just so, yes there's no in between <laughs> nah it's just yes, it's just no. brilliant okay no. crap so and then all i do is any ones that are <laughs> any of the ones on the not good say it again you have to sit on the fence it's not good yeah yeah exactly so that's so what i tend to do is i rate every photo either a one three or five and then what i do is i definitely edit the fives the threes i don't edit but i leave so i never get rid of them and the ones all get called. They immediately get deleted and they get deleted off every storage device because otherwise I would have terabytes and terabytes of extra storage. Wait, 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 wait. Reverse. (laughs) Pull that train back up. All of them. Ever. All the ones you don't like. Yeah, well, no. So bear in mind, the fives I definitely like. They're likely that I'll post them. The threes are probably workable into a good image but aren't the best image to start with and the ones are the ones that i'm just like nah or you realize like their eyes are shut or whatever all those sorts of things things that you'd never post um and 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 that you have to be ruthless i think because if you don't i mean yeah i know when we've i know when we've had tom on um in the previous episode he talks about you know he goes through terabytes and terabytes of storage and that's fine but as a hobbyist i don't need to store terabytes and terabytes of stuff i mean as it is i think i'm using about four and a half terabytes but that's every image i've ever taken in my entire life yeah so that is that's a lot of storage i've maybe filled about 200 gig of my two terabytes on google drive yeah and since since i've been doing yeah since i've been doing photography a little bit more seriously i suppose you'd argue Mm. i think i've used about 400 gig uh of cloud storage that i store my work in Um, 
you know, and that's that's kind of that's okay. But from a professional point of view, obviously, it might be that you archive everything just for the sake of archiving. But yeah. for me, if the photo is terrible anyway, so if, you know, I don't know uh, if it's a landscape and maybe I don't know, there's a drop of water right across the lens, or you kick the tripod accidentally when you did a long exposure or whatever, that 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 needs to go. Like, there's no mm. point keeping them. You can't salvage um, it, yeah. No, there's no salvaging it. And sometimes if you did portraits, it might be that you you don't like the way that their hands are, but actually their face is good. So you might rate that as a three and go, it's not great, but I could crop in on their face. Yeah, exactly. Because sometimes I've had it where like a model might be like, so let's say for you, uh, obviously seeing me, obviously not everyone else is seeing this, but like you put your arm across your shoulder or like you you go like this sort of like... Good radio this is. (laughs) (laughs) But then like you'll have people where their fingers will sort of like cross over each other. They're like, they might sort of go almost looking like their hands are a bit broken. Damn broken hands. <laughs> I've had it yeah. happen on photos. Or it's it'd be like where um someone's wrist is like weirdly pointed and you're like, what are you doing? Like, you know, you look like you've got like yeah, a, not, you know, like one of those a claw sweet, hand. One of those, uh, one of those grab toy machines. It's like, uh, grabs the toy. Ah, oh, damn it. It didn't work out. <laughs> I get you. Yeah. It's one of those, one of those funny things actually about photography. Like you'll get, you'll get the landscapers who will find that there's like a, like something that just didn't go right in the background. Like, you know, like you might find like a, there's a bird in the background that just doesn't look right or something, or like you might see. It it could be that, yeah, it could be that you've got somebody walking through the image where, you know, it's going to just be too difficult to remove them. So you just go, Oh, sod it. I took others later on where they weren't in the image. So leave them for ambience, leave them as as dust ambience. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. You know, I mean, I have gone through, I mean, I, I took some photos in Cornwall only on my phone. I didn't even use my proper camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took them in Cornwall about two years ago uh, from the top of um, a place called Bedruth and Steps. And it's really, really pretty. But because it's pretty, it's very busy. And I went at like, <laughs> pretty um, is busy. you know, golden hour, I suppose. So, and the sun was casting casting shadows across the uh, the beach. And there's like these big um, sandstone stacks, uh, which are like meant to be like the giant's footsteps. But anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They look amazing, especially at, at, like towards sunset. Uh, but obviously, there's loads of people on the beach. So I, I did clone everyone out on the beach. I contact, well, I think I, I think I spot healed and cloned out, depending on what how bad it was. And I managed to get it so the beach looked empty. But God, it was a load of effort considering that it, all it was was a quick shot. So if I'd taken one and like it was clear, then I would have scrapped off the one that had anyone in. You know what I mean? Exactly. exactly. I'm not like I couldn't. I, I, I'm I flag. So you got your flags and the, and the ones yeah. you, get. you pick and reject or whatever. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I'm quite, I'm quite brutal. Like, but then I don't know because I can take like four. Say if I took like four hundred photos, I'd probably end up with about one hundred and fifty. Yeah, like, oh, I, I sort of, it. I guess I don't rate them, but I sort of have like a sort of some. Obviously, the photos that just don't go right and they're blurred, or they, or they like the models move too much where it's just picked up too much movement. Those go immediately. That there's no, there's no answering that. Um, I, I mean, I upload all the photos first, and then I will sort of backtrack removing but uh, essentially i will put certain photos which i think might still have potential later and i put them into like a sort of folder that will i will basically just delete at some point entirely so it's a bit like my threes effectively yeah so like a bit like how when you delete a photo from your phone it goes into your recently deleted and then you've got 30 days to go back for it if you need it it's funny how we all do the same thing but we all do it so differently yeah, like, I always yeah. Well, that's it for me like i'm not into like 
I'm into rating rating my food, but I'm not into rating my photos for too long. It just takes too long. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's a ten out of ten Nando's. It, it depends. Brilliant. It depends how um, how long you spend editing the photos as well, doesn't it? As well, because for me, my photo edits, uh, most photos like from portrait sessions, anywhere where the lighting's consistent, mm. um, it ain't going to take me very long to edit the photos. Like, so if I've got sixty photos to edit, that's okay. But if I'm on location, the lighting's changing all over the place, and I want to get consistent looks across the images and stuff like that. I'm going to try and whittle it down to maybe 15 to 20 images. And I don't take that many photos on, on shoots, really. I am very much uh, methodically looking, making sure it's okay. And I do think there is an element of mirrorless helps because I don't have to take a photo to see how it will look in that yeah. sense. So I do get that, that advantage, I suppose, that what you see is what you get. So I can adjust the exposure in real time, only push the shutter when, I, when I'm confident. And at that point, I suppose it is a little bit like cheating. I've said this before. It kind of is, but it's a tool and the tool works. So mm. as far I as I'm concerned. I guess that's where like, someone like Billy, who you know has tethered in the past, like might find that that's like the halfway house to the mirrorless sort of thing, having that having that live view while she's yeah. doing the shoot. I mean, I obviously like, I'm, at the moment, I'm in the process on I have like trying to put together like a home studio and stuff like that. And mm. controlling the light is one of the big things because if I can control the light by blacking everything else out, making sure there's no external light, I have control over the light. So at that point, every photo I take is consistent. The light mm. bounces off in a consistent way. So like obviously Billy, you work in a studio, so you'll know that like, you know, you set your power, you set your, your camera settings. And basically every time you walk in that studio, it works. You want to just click a finger. Yeah, like in the studio at work, it's like that. We don't have any windows. So like I don't see light all day. So like <laughs> it's pretty sad. The newborn one, it's even worse because it's blacked out room like completely blacked out it has to be or like else it's black chalk wall essentially yeah you have like a tiny little bubble like that they don't like all this business um but then the family one downstairs it's like massive and so like i walk in i got the same settings when i use studios do my own stuff i'll have like natural light coming in and so you'll see like shadows and stuff on the background but then i'll be mm. using my actual light and it's just such it's fun because it's like, it's so annoying, but like, I'd like my own studio like you so that I could spend more time thinking about it. But like when you pay for a studio, you go in, you have to get it right first time. Mm -hmm. If not, you're wasting so much money. It's a hobby. Yeah, yeah. Like, and that's, that's the thing for me. Like I figured out that in reality, that space that I'm going to build is multi-purpose. So we know that it'll be, it can be a photography studio, but it's also going to be where we record, hopefully when lockdown's yeah. lifted. Yeah. And it's going to be somewhere where ultimately um it's just a creative space so it's got to be multifunction. but the advantage of it is is that like you say i can spend an hour and a half just getting the lighting right on a teddy bear on a stool you know mm. what i mean so like and then when a model arrives or whatever or somebody arrives or i want to take photos of family members or whatever then it's it's easy you know because i've practiced um whereas like you say if you're paying i don't know however much an hour 15 20 25 30 whatever an hour it is well this is it and, you know and i think this is the thing isn't it is that if you're and that's why a lot of people do collabs because i've seen that quite a bit in raw as well in hales owen they often do joint shoots so two photographers share the cost models turn up da, 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 da. i've done that um, I can't afford, yeah i can't afford it at all I can't afford to do it on my own anymore when it was first because i use this, this specific studio now that they have a larger studio the price has gone up which is perfectly fine it was way too cheap for what you get if you get loads like mm. you i would i would pay a lot more you know if i had more money but um 
yeah I, I share last time I shared with three two of the photographers usually I share with one of a photographer and it's usually someone that doesn't mind learning from what I'm doing so not too bad. Yeah, yeah right go on then Josh what else do you uh, get annoyed about <laughs> so the times photography makes me angry sad or annoyed just outright so like uh, obviously not going over Billy's too much again, obviously, like, you know, where shoot doesn't go is envisioned. The let's, location lets you down. Um, even after you've scoped it, it ended up, ends up just not being that dream that you wanted. Or if the model doesn't meet your expectations or doesn't come uh, because of illness or other external reasons, most of the time it's understandable. Um, it does leave you feeling raw and in a range of emotions, it can demotivate you, it can anger you, and it can flat out just piss you off to the core. As with all things in life, though, eventually something has to give. And these times teach you as a photographer, the, the road isn't always a smooth one and you have bumps in the road, which define you and make you stronger. And it, and it really does give you a backbone. Like it really sets you feeling in the right direction. Like, you know, it's not always going to be straightforward. I think you, you, you're going to, you have to have the bad times to have the good times. As Billy has said, you learn from your mistakes as well, don't you? If, if, yeah. something, if something's not gone right on a shoot and you figure out that it's something you did, then I suppose ultimately that's, one of those things you've talked in the past about, you know, like you had a little battery hiccup and that, yeah. that kind of, you know, that, that learned you very quickly that oh, I must be prepared and my gear must be ready. Mm. And that kind of, you'll never make that mistake again, you know, and I, I'm, I, you know, by trade, I am a teacher. So when I first learned to teach um, and I did my teacher training, God, my lessons must've been terrible. Like they were <laughs> awful. Right. But as you go bit, through, yeah. you learn, you know, like you learn what works, what doesn't work. And that's why, you know, like at the moment we're in lockdown and a lot of people are homeschooling their children and they're finding it hard. Do you know what I mean? And it's because one, they're, they're juggling obviously their daily lives and their jobs and stuff like that as well as, as well as homeschooling. But they're realizing that actually just catering for one child is hard, but catering yeah. for 32 in the single <laughs> yeah. room is really hard. <laughs> so, you know, so it's one of those things. And I think perhaps it gives people an appreciation yeah, it's very, very difficult. So, yeah, so learning from those mistakes, that's a good point, that is. What do you like, then? So, um, with photography, the one, the, the, probably the biggest thing that I've come to appreciate with it is the sense of community. It's, you've, you, you know that there is always going to be someone that you can check out new or somebody who, like, and might end up becoming good friends with, like, such as yourselves, you know. You get the different opportunities. Oh, the, the door... <laughs> bless you the doors that open um are tremendous like you know even if you started as a model for example like you might end up becoming a photographer and like you see two sides of the uh, you know you, you see the, the other side of the wall essentially or the other side of the coin how it all works and there's there's quite a lot of dynamics that make photography such a welcoming thing like I, I don't I don't I can't really say too many ill things about you know photographers you know you have quarrels with certain people you think that certain people are doing things wrong that's the same with every hobby and every industry that you know it's the world, though. It's it's a a world. oh yeah there's you know you, you you walk in the door of media and it's completely like a hotbed on, on on fire all the time you know yeah I think it I think you've got the other thing as well as like you say with the community because it's quite close-knit I think that people that don't don't treat people well are outed very quickly um you know so if you have people that don't treat models right or are too uh how can we say it's touchy-feely maybe um then they get a reputation very quickly um and equally the same as if photographers are good um then yes they they clearly get a good reputation i think that's the thing is don't underestimate the power of the community sort of um 
well, I suppose your reputation within the community. If people know that you are good, then they will pass that on to others, either directly or indirectly. It might just be during a conversation that you're mentioned. Um, and obviously, like Billy, you've said now that your um, account's been bombarded by photographers because of the networking events and people know you and they're linking into you. But actually, by that very process, because a lot of the people at yeah. the networking events, a lot of them aren't pros. They're not people that do it as a, as a job. So what you actually might find is that when people say, oh, I want this big event doing or I want this brand thing doing or whatever, do you know anyone? Mm. Because that person holds a camera. Um, then they might go, oh, I'm not really a pro or I don't feel comfortable doing it, but I do know this person. So it might lead to work at some point. But again. A lot with models. I've had that happen a lot with models where the models have worked with me and then they've been hired for a job and the, the job hasn't organized a photographer. So they go, oh, have you ever worked with anyone that, you know, I think that's good. Being a female photographer as well, like it's a different it's a different world on Instagram. I have a little hub of like female photographers that I just, we just relate a little bit more. Like it's not in an offensive way. I mean, it's totally a fluid, universal photography for everyone. But I don't know, it's hard being a young female photographer because people take the piss. Like mm. people don't listen to me. I'm not as serious. I'm not a pro because, you know, because I'm 22. And I guess what we could say in like such a nicer light you know, is the fact that like the the photography community isn't just one community. Like, and uh, communities overlap. Like, a few months yeah. a few months ago, um, I, or maybe maybe more like a year or so ago, I wouldn't have envisioned being able to like you know communicate and do a podcast down here and go to social events yeah, here, exactly. and then go Never. up to London. Like, I could be yeah. on Saturday. I could be you know going to a portrait meet up there, staying overnight in a hotel. And then in the morning, coming back early and just just about about making it for Gazzy's events, you know, down here. So like, I've I there's that strange but interesting dynamic that the the overlapping of different you know circles of people in, in photography, it's it's very enriching. Like you you don't feel like you're staying still. You're always constantly integrating with other people. I think you two are at a time in your lives as well where uh, you can have the fluidity of of moving around and doing what you want because true, at the moment yeah. you don't have family commitments tied down stuff you know if you want to go out you can go out mostly and i know obviously like at the moment billy your situation with looking after a sibling in lockdown however normally you go to work mm. you come home you know arguably you you have a, a bit more freedom it's not to say that like you obviously like I, can do what I want yeah. <laughs> now i have to plan what we're having for dinner or the bloody time yeah exactly <laughs> and it's not to say that you know like i don't have freedom i do have freedom i can still go and do stuff but obviously it's that balancing act and particularly because it's not my job mm. um it's getting that balance right as you go through so yeah so definitely yeah. so the community is definitely a big positive though josh definitely is there anything mm. else yeah um i'll say my two other good things to sort of mention like obviously because a lot of the stuff billy is obviously covered over it's like you know we're, we're all kind of encompassing the same sort of things we're just obviously saying certain things in different ways obviously um i i I think the the general buzz i get from doing photography and it's something that i've mentioned before that like the first time round when i was younger i say the first time around like the the first few years of my life i thought that photography was not superior in terms of video you know videography and as i got older i've matured my opinion on photography and you know it's like that it's that like that good high that you get from it like the good buzz that you just don't get from you know you don't you never used to get or maybe that you never was able to achieve like for years technology was 
it was a big calling for me. Like I was big on like doing technology blogs online, you know, going on YouTube, doing YouTube videos, tutorials. But then I shifted into vlogging and I ended up coming out the other side of that by going and doing a bit of photography and ended up actually falling in love with it and enjoying it. And, you know, the kind of things that have come from that have, have constantly kept me in a, a constant good feeling and I get a good buzz out of it, you know. Like I'll finish like doing something like I did a virtual shoot earlier, did that. Got a great buzz from that. Went downstairs, made me a coffee, came straight back up. I've been in, I've been in that for like two or three hours, but I was coming straight into this, ready to do this, do the photography podcast because you know it's something that I'm passionate about. Yes, it's an audio thing, not a photography snapping shooting thing right now, but it's something that's keeping me fueled and excited, even if we're not able to go and do it out in person currently. You know, if we're talking about just a general speak now, but yeah, you get a real good vibe from something that you're passionate about and photography has been that thing for the last few years, whether, it, you know, gaming has been in the background and, you know, tech still, like me and John will have like evenings where we, we get takeaway and we'll do some tech shit. And like, we might not even mention photography all night. You know, there might be the one odd mention, but like, it's, it's the things that bring those things to the forefront, right? Definitely. I think it's um, a hobby that brings you happiness. And Billy, you talked about like how you started with like photographing butterflies and stuff like that. You know, it's because you do the things that make you happy and if you enjoy something then you keep doing it and you know i think that's the thing and if at one at some point you find that photography doesn't bring you that happiness and joy it's about mixing it up trying something different maybe you know doing a different genre if you get fed up yeah if you get fed up with say uh portraits Mm -hmm. then it might be that you go okay i'm gonna try some landscape work or i'm gonna try some street photography which is my least favorite but you know (laughs) I don't know when when you get comfortable doing photography. I, I, I don't think you should ever get comfortable doing the yeah. specific form of photography that you do. I did some product stuff, like because obviously I'm doing nothing, so I just did some product stuff just to put on my website. I love doing that. Love the saying that, that the saying that I've heard someone say before is like uh, like keeping yourself constantly uh, engaged in changing something, even if it's at the, the turn of a hat. You know, I think I think that as you say you never should stay still it's the same thing with learning like you're never standing still you're you're like you know i might learn it learn about something completely new in the next half an hour and go down the path of trying out new things you know that's the the geek in me the techie side of me coming out and then that might interlink with some photography you never know like the the things that happen like there's so much sort of crossover with things like who thought of doing zoom and doing you know a shoot on it like that had to have happened somehow and like whether you agree with it or you validate it it is a thing that's come out of this lockdown currently as well yeah definitely and i think it's interesting isn't it that you know like you're saying that you're always learning so in my full-time career as a teacher we're always trying new things you know Mm. we're always we don't teach the same i i first started teaching in 2009 so it's been you know over 10 years and it's the, the the core idea hasn't changed in the same way that photography you're taking photos however the way you get there does change like you know Mm. you can you can choose to do something differently you can try different techniques and that's the same in photography you can relate that to any way of making imagery and being creative and actually often the most enjoyable things are the things where you're trying something new where you're you know you're not you know you're not sort of sticking with what you know but i won't talk about it too much because that is part of my bit so anything else josh uh not really actually i think probably the, the one thing to just end on really is that if there's something new that you want to try don't don't dismiss it 
I think I think that's one of the one of the things that's made me very happy about photography that like when I was like I say I was very ignorant about photography when I was younger but now with photography as a general speak now I'm willing to try anything new like whether it's a virtual shoot whether it's you know trying out different different ways of making my lenses work for me as out of out of the stuff that I've already tried previously it just it keeps you learning new it keeps updating you it keeps you fresh you know even with Billy right now, like she's going to make such a big change, but like she won't probably make that change big time quickly. She'll probably like phase, fa make phases for that happen. It's Christmas, like that's how long it's going to take me to bloody save up for it. You know, whether it takes you five minutes or five days or two, three, yeah. you know, months or something like that, you know, there's change and uh, constantly trying new things is always going to be part of your thing that you're doing. If it's big changes as well, you have to bear in mind that big changes are scary. Um, yeah. You know, so like, I remember like, uh, you know, big things that happen in your life. Like we bought a house and I was like, oh, my God, suddenly I've got a load of bills to pay. Yeah. that I've never had to pay before. And like if it falls down, I've got nowhere to live, you know, like and all this sort of stuff. And it, it was quite, quite stressful. But actually, in reality, um, it's exciting as well um mm. and you know it's all those sorts of things you know like when we we had children and then we had or child and then <laughs> we had um you yeah, know we got married and stuff like that. all these things are new you've never done them before well some people have more than one go at marriage but you do <laughs> yeah. sometimes you know have that um that element of it's an unknown you don't know and that that scares you but also drives you to try new things i think so yeah it's, it's something that drives you yeah i say if you haven't got a drive in something then what are you doing right that's probably the the best note to end on like you need that drive and if it's making you happy keep on plugging into it learning more definitely right we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back for the final part my part which will be over and done with in a few minutes i reckon <laughs> so uh, but yeah but we'll come back so stay tuned Fancy your one-minute moment on the Get The Shot podcast? It's easy to send us a voice message. Just visit anchor.fm forward slash get the shot. Right, welcome back to the final part of episode 22. It's my bit. I've waited long enough. We're here now. Uh, so, um, I'm going to start off with uh, some of the negatives, and then we can finish the episode on a positive. And uh, some of these things will cross over into the things the guys have, uh, have talked about. But... Um, like the uh, the guy that resolves everything at the end. Yeah, I'll sum up. You round that boy so. up. <laughs> exactly. So there's a couple of things. Uh, first of all, I, I think one of the most negative things to do with um, photography and media generally is the impact that it has on people's perceptions of themselves. So one of the negatives I think is that um, obviously make no mistakes about the fact that you know if people are taking photos of people. Uh, semi-naked or whatever and they, it's you know their skin's been retouched to hell and all that sort of stuff then it will make people compare themselves to those images and um yeah. it will make a difference because ultimately what you don't want is you don't want people comparing themselves um to those perfect like perfectly toned skin images and you know where people have actually liquefied the bodies in to photoshop them and stuff and that to me, you know, we have having, you know, especially I work in an all girls school setting and there's a lot of social pressure, you know, like a lot of um, a lot of a lot of girls and especially teenage girls will compare themselves to those models or to those um, influencer accounts and stuff like that. So they're very they're very that, fake. It's unreal. Yeah. And, you know, and I think it's when you start showing um, 
you you know sometimes yeah, we have um a few days a year where we do things like the dove um self-love uh, days where they models will show images pre and post photoshop um so that people can see um the difference and the fact that people aren't what they look like in their that's images good. and and you know that they realization that one year where they got them to sit and like they interviewed them right I think that was last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. So, but Dove, Dove particularly, they do a lot of work about making sure that it's about the real person and about uh, the sort of the the ability to to just understand that what you see in the media and what you see on social media is not actually real. Um, so, to me, that that's important because that affects people's kind of mental well being and their their own um, sort of self love, I suppose. Really, like you know, like I I don't like having photos of myself taken. Like I hate it. But I wouldn't be, I wouldn't compare myself to the people that I see on Instagram because no. like, I'm not bothered. Like to me, it doesn't bother. But there are people in this world who really do care um, and compare. So it is important that um, I think we kind of consider the fact that social media, particularly, can have a negative impact on that. It gets um, bad, yeah. Yeah, I think my next point um, we've touched on briefly uh, previously, but it's the frustration with communication with people. One of the biggest things for me as um as a teacher actually is communication. Like I have to work well with lots of people, yeah. and um, working with creatives <laughs> uh, has been an interesting experience in some cases. Where you know it doesn't have to be. It's not even necessarily always models. It can be other photographers. It can be um, anything. It, it can be any person within the industry. And um, yeah, sometimes they're just really crap at communicating. <laughs> so you know, it's like. If I send a message about something that they've, uh, you know, that I, I want to pay them to do something, I don't expect a, a, a you know, a, a reply three days later. Like, you know, like it's, it, it's un, it, within 24 hours would be reasonable. Like, you know, I'm not expecting like if it's over a weekend, fair enough. But, you know, if I send them a message on a Tuesday, I don't get a response until the following Monday. Well, I ain't going to use you. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and that's the thing. And, you know, like if somebody messages me and says, would you shoot this? So I've recently had um, a guy uh, who's a, a up and coming uh, rap artist or hip hop guy, uh, local to me. And uh, he's asked if I'd be interested in doing some promotional shots for him and stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Uh, and then we got onto the, the argument of um, sort of, you know, what, what does he want from it? And it's all gone a bit radio silent. And that's that's a good example of where I'm willing to do something, but I'm not hearing anything back. You know what I mean? And it's like it does make you wonder whether they've just messaged loads of people and they're just waiting to see who responds first or whatever. And it's just frustrating because obviously at the moment we can't do shoots anyway. But um, it's kind of that frustrates me. So the communication people just not being good at communicating is a real isn't it like, bugbear, bugbear. Thing, though, like a stigma that apparently photographers aren't good at you know like you know like old white dudes there's a is this, yeah, about, there's is always, this about you billy yeah there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's 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 always been this little stigma hasn't there about photographers take ages to deliver images and stuff like that and like to me if i do a job and it'll take I you as long a, I, yeah i i will i will do the I'll do, you know, I'll produce good, good images and I'll deliver those, but I'll make sure that people aren't left waiting for ages and ages and ages. Like it's kind of important the that the better, they're not left. Good quality. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to skimp on, you know, doing a crap edit or anything, but no, no. It, it's important because if you have a good turnaround and some stuff, and I think Bartley mentioned it um, 
previously, you know, sometimes he's tweeting at the time the event's on, for example, because they're yeah. time critical stuff. That's important. But like for me, like I've done a few um, sort of engagement, retirement, that sort of stuff, parties. And those things, they're not like urgent, urgent. Like if they have to wait two weeks or a month, they wouldn't really be that bothered. Mm. But to me, like if I just had a retirement party, I'd want to look through the photos whilst it's fresh in my mind. Um, and that's kind of, yeah, that's the thing. So, you know, I suppose that that communication and that uh, kind of professionalism, I suppose, sometimes it's not always reciprocated across negative. the community. That's a really good negative because I, I can be like that. Like sometimes it's so demotivating, like life. And then you see someone's message yet, and then you're like, "Oh, I really want to message back about that." And it's hard. It, it's it's hard, you know, getting the motivation. You know, if I get home and I'm like, "Oh God, I've got to edit all these images," and then my normal day job takes over, and I'm like, "I haven't got time." That can be a problem. But sometimes I just have to go. Do you know what? I'm just going to pull a three-hour editing stint yeah, until yeah. two a.m. and get it done, and then it's done, and it's done in one night, and it's finished. So yeah, definitely. You got, the kind thing is, you got to get that motivation in the first place, which for me has always been quite difficult. Like you, you, you may feel that way, like you're driving back home from it, or you're going on, on public transport back home. You're like, yes, I'm ready for this. It's gonna be great. And then you get home, and then the life of ho home life comes into your situation. Just gets in the way, doesn't it? And then you might yeah. not even start anything for like three hours. Yeah. So I mean, um, yeah, I mean that's that's kind of one of those things. It kind of leads me nicely into my next point as a negative, and that's that everyone is a photographer. Mm. now one of the things <laughs> one of the things uh yeah one of the things that i think you know it's a little bit of a, a problem in in the the industry is because mm. cameras have become more accessible and the art of taking photos because they're now digital is more accessible and everyone's got a bloody iphone or whatever that takes good quality images um the vast majority of people don't value a photographer the same yeah. way that perhaps they used to. It's self-discrimination um, in a way, isn't it? Yeah. So it, I think by everyone having these cameras, and particularly things like, I don't know, like a Sony RX100, it's a point-and-shoot camera mm. with a really good zoom lens. It's fast. It can do all the clever crap that a, a Sony mirrorless camera does, like IAF and all that sort of stuff. And it can do everything like that. Mm. But it does it in something that looks like a point-and-shoot camera. Yeah. It's, okay, it's 1,500 quid, 2,000, whatever. However... It means that anybody pretty much could pick the camera up and make nice looking images. You know what I'm and scared of? Everyone's going to come out of lockdown, a photographer, like all models. <laughs> the models have fucking figured it out. You know, in these eight weeks, you've been sitting here, they got their iPhone out and they were like, that's how they do it. That's how they do it, guys. But it won't, it won't be quite to that extent because what will happen is the minute they go outside and the lighting's challenging yeah. or... Um, they're trying to think about how the shadows work and stuff like that. That becomes hard, obviously. And there are a lot of models we know that that will branch out into doing photography and stuff. And that's fine. I mean, I wouldn't go the other way. Like, I wouldn't model. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's it's one of those things where um, I think it does devalue the profession. And people racing to the bottom. And I've talked about this before. Yeah, we said about um, this. Yeah. If you're doing time for print, that's fine. Um, but don't, if you were doing a paid job, don't try and undercut somebody else just because you think, oh, if I go low, I'll get the job. Because in reality, all you're doing is screwing it over for everyone. Because yeah. if the if the job is worth this much, then that's how much you should be quoting. It shouldn't be, I could quote £100 less and i definitely get the work. Because actually, most of the time, like within my work setting, we don't go for the cheapest quote. We go for the middle quote. So we yeah. go for the one that's in the middle. We don't go for the most expensive person. We don't go for the cheapest person because they might be crap. We go for the person in the middle, generally. Because they're mostly rounded, um, yeah. 
yeah and they might be a good balance and we normally get three quotes for anything big you know like if we want to buy new technology or whatever um but ultimately that's the same thing with photography you don't want to be really at the top because you know people are largely unless you can command mm. that top price you know if you're world famous or whatever um you don't want to be at the bottom because ultimately you don't want to be working for nothing either do you like that's the thing so you know you don't want to devalue it and i'm talking about devaluing it a payment in exposure in terms of negativity like i love time for print and most most of my work is at the moment is time for print because i I don't need the money and the models that i work with generally are quite inexperienced Mm. however the thing that frustrates me is if you get somebody who clearly has quite a good following and says you know would you shoot some photos on me yeah great okay and i can see that they've got i don't know Twenty-five thousand followers or whatever I'm like okay well do you want to know my rates and they'll just go oh rates oh no we we're gonna do it for free i was like uh okay it's, it's that meme You're... that goes around where it says yeah. paypal uh, paypal and it says exposure in the paypal writing right bullet yeah. points it's like yeah. oh yeah i'd love to do it for exposure like I've got yeah. paid bills. Exposure, yeah, I was going to say, exposure pays the mortgage, doesn't it? You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, it's one of those things. So it's, it, it is one of those things that frustrates me. In, and it, it doesn't really affect me specifically, but I know within the community of photography generally, uh, you know, I mean, like landscape photographers are a good example of this. You know, landscape photographers, they rely on people buying their images, right? Yeah. To put up on the wall in their living room or. Yeah office or wherever people expect giveaways to happen constantly yeah. if people if people like go oh well can we can we have a digital file that we could uh we could put on our publications and stuff and obviously if they're given like a big file like you know a, a full-size jpeg they could potentially print it on a canvas themselves and put it up on the wall and put it in a frame print or whatever yeah so i think it's just supporting people in what they're doing um it's why i like people like, who sell who sell their presets like i know it's a bit of a cliche it's like oh buy my presets kind of thing you know it's that kind of supporting that person no, i do it? consider it sometimes if it's a photographer and like there's this other photographer um lydia collins and she's a travel slash portrait fashion photographer she went to um, new zealand and when the no she went to australia and when the fires broke out she usually sells her um digital copies for like 10 15 pound or you could get like three of them for like 20 or something i don't know um, you have to have a look they're amazing and then when they all come out with the fat bush fires she sold the australian ones and like donated all the money to um to like the, the wildlife fund and stuff yeah buy the digital and then i'm gonna get it printed a1 and then get a big frame around it which would be really nice that'd be nice that'd be yeah. nice so yeah so i think it is important um I mean, I, you know, we've I've touched on this before. It's my last negative point, and it is I want to touch on it briefly because I know a lot of people probably do know this. Social media generally yeah. is a bit of a cesspit mm. of just not very nice people. So oh, I mean, it's one of the reasons why we don't want young children on it um, because the world out there can be well, especially when you're not face to face, can be quite nasty. Yeah. Um, you know, and people uh, on social media, you're you're doing something where you're putting your work out there to be critiqued. I get that. Yeah. You know, so if you're making YouTube videos, if you're posting to Instagram, if you're posting to Twitter, if you're doing whatever, you know, and I, I post on lots of different platforms. So whether it's uh, Instagram, if it's Twitter, I don't use Facebook anymore because it's just a god awful platform. It's but sexy, anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I do post to like Reddit and stuff like that quite often as well. Mm. I've been getting to Reddit. You do a lot find more. that you know you, you get a um, a lot of feedback, a lot of feedback on on, on your work, mm. um, but you have to kind of appreciate that it's not always going to be positive. And sometimes people might, you know, point you out. 
you know, just get like, that I picture mean, you, of the uh, the one that says was it was it r slash roast me <laughs> you're just like, yeah well, okay post know, a photo like, roast me <laughs> yeah or we talk about like you know plug gate for example like yeah. you might remember that from the uh the modeling event where it was like oh you could have removed the plug you know like oh, all that God, sort of stuff yeah. you know <laughs> so and billy's trying to think what was that it was like where the guy basically commented and said, no 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 honey yeah honey I know. <laughs> yeah so I'm you know so that's the thing so yeah, so I'm um, I'm kind of, of of the opinion that um, social media is pretty dire most of the time. I I have quite a good relationship with social media now, and I think I've talked about this um, briefly before. But one thing I have done, which is probably why um, you've probably realised that I haven't been replying as quickly to messages, is I've turned off every notification on my phone every notification apart from calls texts and whatsapps so the only notifications that i get are for people like most of the time like real people in my life so obviously billy you are real in my life but you're in a an instagram uh, chat whereas josh like dropped me a message on whatsapp and i was like bing picked it up straight away because they're the only things that come through on my phone <laughs> yeah so he's like john i've sent a group chat message yeah so um but yeah and I've done that. I did that about two weeks ago, not long into lockdown, because I was getting so fed up with weather notifications. I was getting fed up with news notifications. Uh, you know, you might like this. Here's a reminder of where you'd been. Here's, a, you know, and all that. I was just like, you know, what? I can't be asked to this crap. I just want to my life properly. to be. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just, I want, I want my interaction with technology and with social media, particularly, to be on my terms. So I don't want to be told. That, oh, yes, monotonous uh, it does. You know, such and such has posted for the first time in a while. I don't care. Like, I, I don't care. That's you know, so annoying. Um, yeah, and I, I'm I'm not bothered. And actually, I've made a really conscious effort, and it's it's come back. It, it's bit me a little bit because I've lost followers clearly. Um, but I've gone through, and my least interactive people, I've just gone. Do you know what? I can't remember the last time I saw a photo of you, and I and I look at their feed and I go, oh, it's crap. I, and unfollow and i just go through it i just unfollow the people because what i want is i want a curated feed um of things that i like you gotta be cruel to be and, kind sometimes yeah and you know if they unfollow me i don't care like I've, i'm really not i'm not in it for the numbers i mean i've talked talk to you about this before josh like yeah honestly like, i got to like 600 really fast and then it's just taken forever like four years to get 400 followers or something ridiculous and i can't be bothered because you look at some of the most what I would argue is some of the most respected people that I look to on photography platforms and they don't have large numbers of followers sometimes. You know, it's it doesn't because... need, you don't need to have, you don't need to have anything more than respect really. I think in this community, as long as, as long as you're getting interactions with your work yeah. and as long as you know that what you're putting out there is a good representation of what you can do, um, that's fine. Mm. And I actually, like I've already talked at length. I think it was on our very first episode. Like I am a hundred percent behind hiding likes yeah. on social media. Yeah. Like, I a hundred percent support that because I don't think there's any need to have them. It, it, there's benefit to seeing analytics from a business point of view. Um, but for personal accounts, you don't need likes. You need to know the comments obviously, but you know, it shouldn't be the metric of how, good something is shouldn't be how many likes it has because yeah. as we know like you know if you're showing your tits or your ass you'll get more likes yeah. you know you will well not me clearly no, no but you know like generally <laughs> um but that is the sad fact is is that it plays to a common denominator in in society that you know like for want of a better term some slightly slutty photos will get a lot of interaction on social media mm. because there are a lot of people sat i guess there that's where some sort of photos. stuff like only fans has become famous 
Yeah, well, it's and what it's doing and what it should do is it should shift that sort of content onto a, an appropriate platform. Exactly. Unfortunately, what happens though, of course, is you still have people posting stuff that going, this is the one that you can see, but now I have an OnlyFans. And it just, it like... It, it can just, wind people up, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not... Uh, yeah. I mean, we won't go into it on this bit because no, no. I get a bit ragey. But um, yeah, so... I get what you... Take it or leave it. I think, I think it... It's in, in, in a way, it has sort of like streamlined what people's definition of what they're doing is on their account. Like if they're going to have like there are people who will just have an Instagram account that will accompany their OnlyFans. That's how big the platform now has come. But then yeah, there's, yeah. there's the people who will, you know, just, you know, advertise it every so often when they have a discount. That's fair enough. But then there are people who will just grind that same, oh, you could do this, you could do this. No, I'm here to follow you on Instagram. I'm not here to follow you on OnlyFans at the first stroke yep. or something. You know, it's not like I'm going to follow you and buy your presets immediately, am I? Anyone yeah. who does and that. Cross, cross, no. Yeah, cross-post, cross-posting is one of those things that's a bit controversial as well. I mean, I, I cross-post to Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only reason I do it is because I want the full-size image on Twitter. I don't want just to share the link off Instagram. Exactly. Um, but, I mean, Twitter, to be honest, it's just more the fact that if somebody stumbles across one of my pieces of work, they might go, oh, okay, um, let's Instagram. have a look. But in reality it's unlikely that people are going to go from Twitter to my Instagram. But anyway. It's more so to just feed your social positives. media plugs at least. Yeah. So I'll move on to my, on to my positives because I get the feeling that I've, I've ranted on about negatives. And Very I don't fair. Wanna, no, they are I don't want the whole thing to be negative. They're solid. Point yeah. Ones. So positives. Um, I, have, I have a lot of, um, a lot of love for photography. Um, it was a it was, it was not really a career for me, obviously. Um, and actually, to be honest, up until about, I don't know, 2005, wasn't really a hobby. Mm. And uh, I took it up um, because I worked in a, in a school in a different setting at the time. And I got really close to the photography teacher. Um, he was really, really nice. He told me about like, ha- like you know, photography generally and um, did a bit of film stuff with him and um, stuff like that. And then I eventually bought my, my first digital SLR, um, which I think was a Nikon D60 or something like that. Um, and I went through this process of, of learning a little bit. And what was interesting is as this journey has carried on and I've took it up as a more serious hobby, what I love is the fact that it's become uh, a way of going to new places or we go to a new place and I'm like, I must photograph that. Like we went to Ibiza last summer and I'd been there the year before. And actually I didn't take many photos in t- 2018. And uh, in 2019, I was determined to take more photos because it's really pretty. And um, I was determined to go out and take more photos. And I did a few things that I'd never done before. So I went in and I uh, took some photos of um, sunsets and stuff using my drone from the beach. And that was really, really nice. Um, Looking back into the cove, um, I took some photos of like uh, silhouettes and stuff like that, of like um, palm trees and stuff like that, which I'd never done. And uh, the biggest thing that I did was I went and went to a like a hippie market and I took portraits of the sellers. I asked them, obviously, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, but I said, would you mind uh, me taking a portrait of you? Now, some of them just went, no, do one. And that's fine. I wasn't going to argue. But, you know, last thing I want is to be arrested like whilst I'm on the day. Yeah, and that's fine. I'd say no. Um, you walked up to me in the street and said, can I take your photo? I'd go, no. Yeah, so that's interesting. So, say so I wouldn't be that bothered, but I it's where it ends up, isn't it? I what I'm saying, like, where is it going? Yeah, so, um, 
so I asked them and I, I got some of my business cards with me and stuff like that. And I said, well, I says, if you're willing to let me take your photo, I might put it on my Instagram later on. So obviously there's a bit of networking. My Spanish is not good, <laughs> right? So, uh, um, I mean, my English is not good to be fair. Like, uh, so, um, so I, well, I you're not expected to know the language immediately, am you? Yeah. So I, I went around and what was really nice was the fact I met some really, really nice people. And the one guy, uh, who, um, his, his brand is called fuck the system. Um, and it is, it's, he is a really nice guy. Like he's, he's genuinely very, very, uh, he, he makes art where he basically uses plants like leaves and stuff. And he splatters paint onto the, the clothing in like leaf shapes and stuff. That's pretty and creative. he's done his whole car, right? Like he's covered his entire car in this sort of like wow. uh, thing. That's cool. And um, it's really cool. Like it's big Ford pickup and everything. And he was there um, a couple of nights that we were there and I took his photo and he, he posed like, you know, like he, he was willing to sit and adjust and things like that. Well, of course, the other thing is, is it created a lot of, a lot of encouragement for his stall because like people could ah. see that he was having his photo took and he was he was very loud and you know quite a boisterous character <laughs> um, and what's really nice is the fact that like a lot of the time you'd expect like oh he'd follow you and then just you know as soon as you get back off holiday he unfollows yeah. you or whatever but he still interacts with my posts like even a nearly you know six months later um, and I expect if we go back again, he'll probably be still be there. Um, and he may well remember me. He might not. I don't know. But I love that that interacting with new people. Um, yeah. Obviously, when I shoot models, um, it's nice to to meet new people. Um, and it, it's a bit nerve wracking, like you say, Josh. You know, the first shoot it can, can be a little bit jittery. Yeah. But actually, once you if you build up a rapport and you shoot the same model a couple of times, it can be quite nice. And even landscape work that I go and do, and I sometimes go out. You meet people. If you go into a popular spot, you meet people at that spot. So I went and shot um, the local poppy field last year in 2019. I shot a slightly different field, but in the, roughly the same location in 2018 because the seeds move and whatnot. Um, but what's amazing is you get to chat with people who are there. Now, here's an interesting thing of just shows you what a small world it is. I'm sat in this field in the middle of like Kings Winford on the way to Kidderminster. And I'm sat in this field at like, you know, coming up to sunset and uh, I'm thinking, oh, uh, that guy looks really familiar over there and sort of thought nothing of it, carried on, uh, walked my way around the, uh, the, sort of the, the field. And then I stood there and I noticed that he was about to send his drone up and I went, oh, I've got a drone, started a conversation up and stuff like that. And I said, oh, right. Wait, turns out it's, I've got a drone. <laughs> well, yeah, well, turns out that is my neighbor from four doors up. <laughs> right. And I was like, Oh, okay. And he runs a photography business and like a creative business. He does like, you know, like uh, wedding decorations and uh, beer mats and stuff like that for pubs and fencing signs and all, all that sort of stuff. So I was like, that's pretty amazing that like, you know, like I've come to this random field and I've met someone that lives around the corner. Um, and I've done the same at other events. I've been like, I went to the Peak District and did a, a shoot with um, Wong UK Shot. And uh, we did like this little event and I met someone that I'd followed for ages and I love putting a face to a, a, a handle on mm. Instagram. And I've done that through my Igor's Black Country thing quite a lot because there are people that we follow on our account or people that I follow through following them on the account. And then I meet them and, you know, like, I don't know, like Ronnie, for example, one of the guys that I follow uh, or Concrete Rhythms as well as another one. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, Concrete Rhythms, Ronnie Acklin. They're, they're people that I'd never met in real life. And then I meet them, I'm like, hey, it's pretty cool, sound. yeah. They're really nice. So that the community and the photography side of things brings people together. It really, really does. Good. It really does. That is really good. It's what and makes the other you thing, happy. 
yeah and i suppose my third really positive thing is learning new skills i mean josh you talked about never stopping you know your learning yeah. and i think it's really massively important you don't stop uh, learning can, from the minute that you're born things. until the moment that you die essentially yeah and i think you know the the benefit of photography is that you can learn things from the comfort of your own home lockdown has has taught us this more than anything yes i, I did some home studio stuff that i would never have done never ever ever have done <laughs> unless i was stuck at home um i've took photos of bees in macro shots that i would wow. never have probably done um i've done all sorts of stuff where you know like i took um some photos of um bubbles coming towards the camera uh, with my, my daughter behind them yeah you that, showed that, they're like you know they're really cool like you know like and i just wouldn't have done those unless i was here so yeah. new skills learning new stuff youtube obviously i know a lot of people are going to know you know you go to youtube to learn stuff but honestly the wealth of knowledge that's on there and yeah there Brilliant. is crap but you you can cut through that there are people you know like i mean like um ph learn for photoshop learning is amazing like the guy's a legend uh, Peter McKinnon, I, fo I followed from when he had about 200,000 followers and he's now got like 4 million and he's just, mm. his stuff that he does is really good. It's down to earth. He basically talks about the fact that you should always try and create, just do something different, try something. And that's really good. And I, I am determined this year, once we can eventually leave the house, um, that I will start doing more stuff and pushing the boundaries a little bit of what I do. Mm. Um, it's weird really so yeah. that like I during this lockdown i haven't used my camera very much i didn't i took it with me all the way to america and i didn't even use it once surprisingly but like one thing that's that has happened to me on more than one occasion where i've gone on holiday taken the camera and the drone all the way there lugged it through security i had a massive argument with the bloke in spain in the airport because he was going what is this and i was going it's a drone mm. yeah. and i was like uh, <laughs> this big argument and i was like I don't, well, I don't want to argue with you because <laughs> you could confiscate it and then i wouldn't have it um <laughs> So I don't want to drone on, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but you know, and he, he, he was, you know, I took it all the way there. And in 2018, I took all the stuff to Ibiza, didn't take a single photo, not yeah. a single one, no drone shot, no camera shot. I took a handful of photos on my phone. It's having that gear that was... around if you do decide to eventually. Like for me, I think yeah. it was the case that like I was actually really excited to push my phone at the time because um, for those who don't know, I have the iPhone XS and one of the things that I liked at the time was that I learned that Lightroom has a built-in RAW mode. So Real, I, yeah. I was literally just snapping DNGs away like it was nobody's business. I've got pages and pages of photos that I can go back to and post onto my, you know, my Josh Elsewhere account. So I could have a bit of a bit of fun posting some landscapes. I don't take them too seriously. I haven't posted in about a month on there now, but mm. uh, the, the, I'll sometimes get a few flurry of people coming through, commenting, liking. You know, it's a nice little occasional buzz. And I, I did get yeah. into posting on there for a little while, for a good few weeks, um, you know, and it, it just proves the point that, you know, sometimes as a photographer, it actually helps for you to step back from all your gear and just go out with your phone. Yeah, it, definitely. It does dividends. A lot of the shots that I've took recently have been took on my phone um, because mm. they just happened to be the thing that I had with me at the time. It's like going so back to bare bones, in, essentially. Yeah, when I was in Cornwall, took a few shots of like the ceiling of a cathedral. Yeah, like that. they were, they were all really the, popular, they were all weren't they? Yep, really popular, and they were all shot on my phone. Yep. Oh, cool. Yep. Yeah, I think I so just shows found you. the big camera. And it's like sometimes I feel like I associate that camera with portrait stuff and like not really with mm. the things I want to do. And I did a, I've done a blog post because I'm working on my SEO. And I did a blog post about, um, I thought it'd be funny to do like what I currently have, 
what I will get, what my dream would be. And so like my what the camera I'm gonna get is like a little Canon PowerShot kind of, I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's just a small Canon. You can take the lens off and everything, but it's so yeah. tiny, like, and that's what I'm thinking for like travel stuff. Cause they're great quality. I just don't want to carry around that yeah. big. Well, to be fair, I mean, often the, the cameras that like that, um, like the Sony cameras that are in that sort of range, like the A6000, 6500s, they're small, like a compact camera, but they have the same size lens uh, and filters and stuff like that as you as you sort of going up. But yeah, um, so there's a couple of other little sort of positives in terms of um, things that I think uh, are really, really good. The development in technology is amazing. Like as a, as a geek, I think they are some of the best times of our lives like i don't get me wrong i mean like, obviously like the advent of the internet and stuff was amazing but the development that we're seeing now is is just so so good um that i just think it's it's kind of it's really beneficial um that we're starting to see things like eye autofocus for animals and humans uh we're seeing things like 8k video um it's amazing. all these things yeah the quality has never been better you know, 42 megapixel cameras that you can crop into the image and it's still crispy. Nighttime photography performance, all these things, you know, stupidly fast frame rates um, for taking photos. You know, you're doing 25 photos a second. All these sorts of things are just amazing. Um, and I'm excited by the technology as well as the hobby. I really like seeing like the limits that they're pushing with stuff, like how much exactly. tech they can cram into a tiny body. So like you were saying, Billy, you want to take that little camera, all that technology that's in that camera would have been in a massive camera yeah. five years ago. And all of a sudden you can now carry it around. You know, you look at the, the advancement in phone cameras. Yeah. Um, and I know, and I know that we're kind of getting to the point where, you know, people are, are using their phones as their only camera. Um, and that's that's great, really, because I mean, it means that I people it. are not. It's, it's it's great. It's a great thing for people that aren't that into photography. Yeah, and it leads into my my final point, really, which is photography for me is all about documenting life, yeah, mm -hmm. and documenting times in people's lives, creating memes, as you would say, <laughs> and uh, and it's kind of that thing where, uh, to me it's become more apparent um, since my daughter was born. And ironically, tomorrow she turns six. So the last six years of my life, I've done a lot more photography of people, like family. Um, mm. And I think uh, within the whole situation that we're in at the moment, I think it should never be more obvious. And I mentioned this, I think it might've been in our second episode of documenting the people around you that you yes. care about because you won't, they won't be there forever. Yeah. And um, it is important that you take photos of people, that you have audio recordings of them so you can remember their voice 100%. and remember what they sound like. I mean, if you're Billy, you might have forgotten what somebody sounded like last week. So it's <laughs> important. You should, you know. That was boom. No, because we went to so, the you know. park and I got lost within like a minute, like a minute. I've been, you go. know what it's like. It's yeah, it's massive park. It is massive. So yeah, so that's that's kind of me. So lots of positives, some negatives, but largely I think photography is a very positive force in people's lives. Um, so yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's been been good to to obviously chat about those and you know express them. And of course, you know, let's keep the conversation going. Um, if if you want to send us stuff, you can send us a you know a voice clip. You can through anchor.fm slash get the shot. Um, you have to be logged in to do that, but. It takes a few clicks. You can use your Google account or your Twitter account. 
let us know what you think. We might even insert it into a future episode. You know, send us an email, get the shop podcast at gmail.com. We've got all the stuff down in our, um, in our show notes. So, and of course you can see it on our Instagram, which is our most active place to be at. Get the shop podcast. Yeah, definitely. So until next time, I've been John Willis at JRE Willis. <laughs> and Billy at BFH UK. And Mr. <laughs> no, I'm doing it. And Josh Deacon at Mr. Josh Deacon. Oh. I can't believe you're the one that's right. I'm usually the only one that gets it wrong. I was just going right, to say, actually, your, your, uh, your, your new username won't be for long. There we go. So, on that very professional and smooth end, yeah. uh, we will uh, round up episode 22 and we look forward to seeing you in episode 23. Bye for now. Bye bye.